Hey everyone, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is your host, Dargan from JMSM Daily Show Podcast, Baltimore based podcast. So today, I'm coming to you with a true crime story. Uh, something that's not really frequently talked about. Well, not to my knowledge, it's not really talked about. I just want to tell you a little bit of the story and also um just kind of put get some of my input in there and what I think about the whole situation so we will be touching down on the case of the women of Ciudad Juarez and um the backstory is that Juarez Ciudad Juarez is a slum located in the Mexican border town. It's known as the city of the lost girls. Most women have been raped, tortured, and then killed over the last couple of decades. Stemming from the early 1990s, I say 1993 is the earliest, to 2019, which is the latest, and that's recently. Um, also... There is a movie uh, named Border Town, and it stars Jennifer Lopez. This movie was made back in 2007. Jennifer Lopez plays a journalist covering a series of murders that was taking place in Juarez, and so when she actually found herself housing the surviving victim of an of an uh, um, attack she was seeking justice for that young woman and if you're interested in seeing that movie check your on-demand guide or you can actually go on netflix or anywhere that streams free movies um that movie i can i could quite say it puts you on the edge it puts you on the edge of your seat i would say but yeah these women who would eventually suffer the fate of these acts were mostly factory working girls or at least live near the border but amongst all the war- warfare surrounding drugs and corruption legal and illegally little to no help has been done to stop any of the assaults and murders the war is feminized as it's dubbed has been at an all-time high since 1993 like i said earlier in the segment until now which is now 2021 and we're still dealing with and they're still dealing with this in mexico and probably for a long time afterwards as long as nothing is being done which is truly sad and what get me going is that these actions are all too common amongst men and have stated that I mean, well, local men in Mexico that actually have an arrest warrant or any kind of violence pending underneath their name, as a, such as like a killing or assault or deadly assault or second degree kind of murder or attempted murder. One man actually said on the documentary that sometimes that angriness from the men towards the women it stems from men thinking that their lady is home cheating on them and what kind of got my goal is that i understand that i understand that all but it's other ways that you can 
that you can go about it without killing your significant other. Like, won't you sit down and talk and be like, look, I'm having these suspicions. Can you tell me that this is not true? Y'all talk it out. Be a man about it. If she is cheating on you, be a man about it. Y'all don't have y'all don't have no kind of kin to each other. Y'all don't have no kind of relationship with each other. You can just walk out. Go to your family house. If you don't, she can leave. She can go to her family house. Break up. Y'all don't have to have no kind of contact with each other after the ordeal is all over. But what's the harm? What's, why would you just resort into killing the other person instead of telling them, like, look, I feel played and I'm done with you? But what kind of got my goal was that what one man actually said in the documentary that it, it could be from the spouse either being suspected of cheating or is cheating. Or just blatantly, they think their wife or girlfriend is just annoying. That don't give you the right. That don't give you the audacity to kill the person because you think they're annoying. Or because you think that they complain too much. Or because you think they too emotional. Are you serious? So... Back to the story at hand. It's, um, like I said, the femicide is going on. Um, they're protesting in Mexico. It's a huge movement um, amongst all Mexican women, all Latina women. And just recently, back in uh, January 18th, 2019, it was a 26-year-old woman by the name of Isabel Cabanelas. De La Torre, who went out on a Friday. <clears throat> she was a known activist and artist. She was known for her eyes uh, that she would usually draw in all her, her artistry and her paintings, her um, street morals, everything. She was just known to have like a bubbly spirit, um, a, 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 a nice sense of humor. She was very outgoing, very bright, you know, very loving very down to earth you know just one of those type people that you would want to claim as your best friend basically or somebody that knowing that y'all live in a in a rural area or a bad area she'll make it feel bright she'll make it feel fun and so i'm gonna tell her story so back in january 18 2019 i did at first say 2021 but i did find out it was back in 2019 which is still so super duper recent a 26 year old woman and mom by the name of isabel caminelas de la torre went out on a friday night with some friends to a bar to hang out you know just let loose just you know chill vibe out just a little bit and after being out with her friend Isabel wanted to call it a night. And so she told her friends, you know, like, look, I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. Probably get up. You know, we can plan this again. We can do this again. You know, whenever anybody got time. Basically, just calling it a night, wrapping it up. Just like, look, hey, it's getting a little bit too dark. So I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, head home. But unfortunately for, for Isabel, she was trying to make her way back home. And no more than three blocks was when she 
got hit in the head by a bullet. Somebody shot her in the head because, you know, I don't know if they shot her from a sniper's range or close range, but somebody shot her in the head and she fell off her bike. And they also took it upon themselves to shoot her in the chest to make sure she was, like, extra dead. That was Patty. She was dead instantly. A woman recalls, and she tells the news reporters that she recalls hearing a scream. And also hearing a a couple of shots, like I said. And her being used to the violence around the neighborhood, which somebody should not have to do. She decided to stay in the house, which was a small thing to do, you know, because you just don't know if they were still out there or if they were still going on a rampage. And somebody's always having a hit out on them. So it's like, I don't want to be in the crossfire. And so she told the news reporters that she heard a shot, she heard a scream. She thought to herself that it was best that she would stay in the house, which, which she did, and that was very smart of her. Somebody called the police. The police was on the scene not too long after that. And she didn't want to, like, which I don't blame her. She didn't want to investigate. She didn't want to know who got shot. Nothing. She just wanted to, she just stayed in the house. And she was, like, also told the reporter, she said, I knew right away someone had been killed. That's what happens here. And that's sad. That's sad. That it's like that. That it's like so many killings around your way that you literally say, oh, well, I'm used to it. Oh, somebody got shot. Somebody got killed. Da, da, da. It's like that, though. It's like that, though. And that's why I say, you know what? God just, he just, I just pray every day, God just places his hand on this world because we just need it and so shortly i say a, a couple to a few days after the killing of isabel the protesters actually rallied around and um many of her family and friends chose to remember her of her angelic smile and her laugh and her big heart that she was said to always have like you know everybody that knew her she was very well known she was um a well-known local artist in her community and her family friends decided to just remember her by her artwork they mostly inquired what i stated earlier in the segment the eyes she always painted eyes whether it was a person with missing eyes or whether it was a person with the missing eyes and they had eyes all around them. And it was like, I guess it was significant meaning to them, to her. And during the line of work that she was doing, aside of the artistry, she was actually an active protester uh, in the femicide rallies. And she often um you know did community work when it came down to the missing women you know looking for them or sending out flyers or being very outspoken about the the problem that was um plaguing her community and so 
her friend believes that when she when Isabel would draw eyes in her outburst, she actually just goes to her one time that she was like she just felt like somebody is always watching her. So that's why she always take part of always getting into the habit of painting eyes. It's like a trademark because she always felt like she was under a scope all the time. No matter what she did, no matter where she went. She always and, and some people would say that was paranoia, but somebody but I would say that was staying on your toes, that was staying on your P's and Q's. Like that was probably like a sign. I'm watching I know you watching me. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think she ever thought that that was gonna ever happen to her. And which is very unfortunate. Um, she felt it was her activism that made her a target. But according to NPR.org, she wasn't the only femicide activist that who recently had gotten killed in the year 2019. Um, it was another feminist. She was a poet, and her name was Susanna Chavez. Back in 2011, she was strangled to death, and investigators found her body. And when they found her, her left hand was chopped off, and her murderers wanted to send a message. And that's just crazy. It's like, damn. So far, um, there have been 1,500 killings in the past decade. Uh, it's just, it's just so sad. So I just take it upon myself just to send a prayer out to Isabel Cabanano's family her friends and that whole country of Mexico when it come down to the woman they have to be protected and what's the saddest part about it all is that her son just had turned four not that long ago before her death like I guess it was like a couple of days before her death that her son just had a birthday party, just had a birthday celebration. He was turning four. This is now in 2021, so I'm I'm pretty sure he's like about to turn eight, possibly. His birthday is in January, so I mean, he probably about to turn seven or eight years old, and and now he gotta remember his mom by her artwork and he's not gonna be able to like hug her and kiss her and you know talk to her and all that stuff don't think he'll have that to remind her remind him of her is pictures and murals and artwork i mean yes that's beautiful but it's nothing like a physical touch um but yeah I just wanted to get on here and actually um, just brush up on that case. I just thought it, it was interesting and I wanted to just like talk about it and give my opinion about it. And well, that concludes our true crime episode number one. Make me a favorite, leave a review, and yeah, you know what to do. And also, for those who are dealing with any kind of domestic abuse, um, there's a free toll line that you can call if you feel like that you're helpless or that you're going through something 
with a volatile partner or husband or boyfriend you can reach out it's a um free 24 7 confidential uh call line hotline it's national domestic violence hotline the number is 1-800-799-7233 y'all be safe